You're listening to Discovering Multifamily, where we discuss all educational topics in commercial real estate with an emphasis on multifamily apartment investing via syndication. And now your hosts, former NFL fullback Brian Leonard and Anthony Scandariato. All right, everybody, welcome to Discovering Multifamily. I'm your host, Anthony Scandariato with Red Knight Properties, and we have a special guest with us today. Uh, by the name of Preston Walls, who's the founder and CEO of Walls Property Group. And uh, let's give uh, Preston a warm welcome here. Uh, how you doing, Preston? I'm doing great, Anthony. How are you doing? I'm doing, I'm doing very well. Um, and we're recording this in the midst of, uh, hopefully towards the tail end of coronavirus. This is the end of April. So uh, by the time this is released, hopefully this will still resonate with, with people. Um, so everything, everything's going well. And, uh, Preston's, uh, walls property group and property management from what I can understand, um, you know, offers, uh, construction management, uh, renovation, leasing, property management, um, asset management. He also does syndications like my company does, um, manages a portfolio of, uh, 80 plus buildings, uh, valued at over 300 million. And he's currently developing as well um, a 61-unit mid-rise multifamily project and a couple of other, you know, uh, projects in the Seattle area. Um, so I'd love to hear more about that. And uh, with that said, uh, I want to turn it over to Preston. Hopefully I gave you a, a good introduction. Uh, did I miss anything? Oh, you got it. That's, that's great. I'm, I'm excited to, uh, to chat with you. Awesome, Preston. So how are you faring through the, the midst of the coronavirus? And can you tell our listeners um, a little bit more about your platform and what you've you know, in, invested in historically and um, kind of what's your outlook once we get out of all of this for multifamily long term? Yeah. Uh, wow. Just uh, trying to survive like, like everyone else out there, uh, trying to get through this and, and uh, seeing what comes of it. Uh, you know, in the in the near term, uh, April rents weren't weren't quite as bad as I was anticipating. Uh, you know, we're only off uh, probably three percent in terms of collections where we were uh, the the month prior. Uh, just anecdotally, uh, a lot of a lot of residents are telling us that it's going to be tougher in May, and and certainly the more months. Uh, businesses stay closed each each month will get successively more challenging so it's it's it it feels still kind of early uh to see what the rental environment's like the uh i, I don't know the the transaction market has really stopped and um you know it's it's hard to have much much visibility um uh, in there uh, in in seattle uh like like a lot of places, our construction sites are are shut down, so we're, we're just uh, treading water on those. Uh, we're, uh, we're we're doing some common area maintenance, and uh, but not a lot of not a lot of interior maintenance uh, in uh, in buildings, and uh, I, yeah, trying to. Um, just gain some more visibility on on how this all plays out and and if and and how to to adjust the business model uh, as conditions change. Awesome. So 
And in, in your, you know, mind and your point of view from all your years of experience um, in, in this business, uh, did you, did you, were you around when the last recession hit at all? I sure was. Yes. Um, was, was managing in, in a very similar situation. I was managing uh, properties and, and uh, had an apartment building, uh, a, a mixed use mid-rise building uh, under, under construction. It, it was just in lease up at that point. And uh, so it, yeah, made, made some adjustments, dropped some rents to, to get it leased up in time to get it financed um, kind of just as the, the financing window was, was closing up. Uh, and, you know, we're, we're seeing similar things happen in, in the financing market today. I mean, it, it is considerably more challenging now to get a loan and uh, I, I would expect it will be significantly more challenging to get a loan three, six months from now. So there's there's a lot of a lot of similarities now to 2008. And do you think you know this this is has a worse short term impact than rather a long term impact than the last recession? I, I see it playing out fairly similarly uh, in terms of the transaction market. I I wouldn't expect many transactions to take place in the next 12 months or so there's uh, there's always there's always a disconnect between between buyers and sellers um, depending how much rents decline from the unemployment that we're seeing prices are going to go down and it, it's such an abrupt change an abrupt shock that sellers aren't going to adjust their prices very quickly uh, so it, you have this this imbalance of expectations in the market, and those those aren't going to clear very soon. So I, I I see a a longer period of time where transactions are just not not taking place. Got it. And do you see any distressed transactions coming out of all this once you know the financing world kind of picks back up? Because there are financing options that are still available for, you know, existing value add multifamily, but it's mostly government backed. Um, that's, that's available. And even they're requiring really crazy reserves and, um, you know, just other criteria that didn't used to be there that are there now cutting back on leverage, et cetera. So um, definitely financing is getting harder and you're right. The sellers kind of have to, you know, understand that. And that's going to reflect in the pricing. So do you see once we're kind of slowly getting out of this, some distress starting to happen from some operators who, you know, overpaid for their properties at the, you know, toward sort of the tail end of the cycle and things starting to, you know, drop and, and becomes an opportunity for guys like us to uh, scoop up uh, at, the, at a good time. Yeah, I, there, there absolutely will be, um, and it, you know, there, there will, there will always be organic sellers in the market, uh, estates, uh, just divorces, partnerships that that deteriorate. So there, there's always some degree um, of properties in the market, and those those sellers will will get creative in terms of terms that they offer or, or ways that they can structure it. 
And in terms of distressed properties, uh, I, yes, there's there's been a lot of a lot of excess, a lot of leverage, uh, and there will be a lot of pain um, I, from financing from from collections, uh, especially in in commercial retail or or mixed use components of multifamily buildings. Uh, those can can add a lot of uh, stress to the the underwriting and the performance of of uh, mixed use assets. So there there will be some coming to the market, but I just from my experience in in the the 2008 2010 downturn, they're not as prevalent as as you would would hope for or expect from an, if you're looking through an opportunistic lens. Uh, the 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 opportunities are are uh, just disguised distressed assets, and and those are the organic sellers that uh, are are forced to come to the market and accept market terms for uh, an otherwise distressed asset. Yeah, no, Preston, that makes a lot of sense. I, on my end, um, personally, I haven't really seen much correction in terms of pricing yet, um, at least on a multifamily. Yeah, side. I have no, seen it's, it's going to take some time. It's going to take. It's going to take a lot of time as you know, rents rents decline and and those those take time to to work into the rent roll and and to work into the the T twelve operating statement. Yes, absolutely. It's going to take time to work into the system. Yeah, absolutely. No, it's it's definitely going to take time. I have seen it a little bit on actually a lot on the mixed use and, and retail side. Yeah. Um, so going back to the general theme, you know, once we're out of this and hopefully we're out of it sooner than later, you know, what is like the long-term, you know, basically safest asset class in real estate? Is it still the multifamily or do you think it's another asset class now that we're out of all of it? Maybe it's industrial or is multifamily still up there um, in the, you know, echelons of being, you know, creme de la creme because obviously, you know, hotels are being really, really hit right now. I don't know if they're going to recover anytime soon. I think there's going to be a lot of distress there. Um, you know, uh, retail is definitely getting hit for sure, like you're saying. Um, certain retail um, office is definitely going to get hit. Um, I'm sure they're getting hit right now because people are realizing they can work from home and still be productive. So um, I guess once we're out of all this, do you th- still think that your core competency, which is multifamily, is going to, Prevail. Um, that, yes, absolutely. And and the one main mitigating factor that that uh, helps the risk adjusted returns on multifamily is being able to find a a renter for that space at some price, right? If if you have a retail space and uh, businesses can't operate, there is zero market for your product. And you know we see that in recessions when when no one's starting a business, uh, there's just very very little incentive uh, and very little price sensitivity for for businesses to relocate. So uh, multifamily multifamily is, is stable because there's there's always demand for it at some price, and you know. People people move around um, different 
different areas of multifamily will get impacted disproportionately in recession. People tend to move from class A to class B and from B to C to adjust to their new economic um, circumstances. So if you have, have class A assets, those are going to take a bit of an impact and, you know, at at the lower end of the spectrum, uh, the most affordably priced assets are going to see an increase in demand. So uh, probably even some, some rent increases there. The other, the other asset class that, that uh, will be pretty stable is self-storage. So uh, that that's pretty pretty constant demand there. But yes, other other asset types, um, as you said, they're uh, they're going to be be hurt and there'll be a fair amount of pain there. No, it makes it makes a lot of sense. Um, and and so, what exactly do you guys look for when you're evaluating a multifamily project, like you said, um, you know, the upper echelon, the class A product, at least right now, um, I know a few other developers and and sponsors um, have seen, you know, and it's interesting because, you know, for for me, I own a lot of workforce product, like you said, more of the C, um, you know, uh, affordable, not not affordable housing being regulated, but still affordable apartments not being that impacted right now, um, you know, in terms of people losing their jobs and, and whatnot. Um, but I have seen the more a actually have more of an impact. Maybe, maybe I don't own it. Maybe that's why I haven't really seen it. Um, I'm sure there's a lot of market data I haven't seen yet, but what, what do you focus on? Are you in the a B or C range or are you new development? Mostly what, what, what are you focusing on? And what are you going to focus on after or out of all of this? Well, I, I I focus on a lot of lot of different things. I, if I had to to pick one or, or the the biggest biggest one, I I would say uh, a value add strategy of taking a B minus property and turning it into a B plus property. So taking a an an older unrenovated building uh, and turn it into something with washer and dryers and and new appliances and. Uh, kitchens more contemporary floor plans just upgrading everything so it appeals to to a little bit uh nicer uh tenant demographic uh and that's you know that that is played well in seattle as as the city grows up and more jobs move in becomes more more affluent that those those rents tend to get tend to get pushed pushed up and so that that b plus product will uh it, it will see some some price declines as as people get more price sensitive so certainly that that will be adversely impacted as we go through this in terms of what i'd what i'd look for i think it, it depends on how much risk you want to take right the 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 most stable or least least risky um asset coming out of this are going to be really core well-located newer assets um and then the the most opportunity or the the yeah the 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 biggest the biggest value or, or potential for value creation will be land development sites right i i see 
uh, just a significant evaporation of demand for uh, for raw land to get to get permits and and build something because in this environment, I mean, pick any variable financing. Can you get construction financing? What will demand be like in four or five years when you can ultimately deliver a, a new building? Um, those those risks are so significant right now. Uh, and then, do you want to carry <laughs> uh, that cost, that equity through uh, through that time, and and essentially have the opportunity cost of passing up on on a lot of income producing buildings that you could acquire uh, relatively inexpensively along the way? Makes a lot of sense. Um, so are you, have you been more focused on, you know, existing acquisitions in the, you know, like before all this happened with coronavirus or have you been doing more land development deals? Um, what, what have you been working on? And, and like you, like you just mentioned, once we're out of all this, uh, you know, what would be the greater opportunities you think, or what do you think is going to come up more that you like? Yeah, I, I like a mix of both. Uh, I I really like the the risk adjusted returns on existing existing assets. So a, a value add strategy, take an existing building, and turn it into something newer. Right? You you have you have something that exists. If you need to, if something like Corona happens and and you need to change course, yeah, you can change your strategy and not renovate it. You can not not do the improvements and just keep it keep it leased out you you can generate income from it if you've got a vacant building or, or piece of land that that is not rentable you're stuck with that asset and it, and it's it's hard you've got to you got to carry it and those costs can be significant so there's there's just like really different risk profiles in those two so the bulk of my uh, the bulk of my time and investment focus is uh, value add investment. And I, I see that continuing coming out of this. Um, but that said, creating a building from scratch is a lot of fun. And it's, it's exciting to, to have that vision and, and create something that changes, changes the skyline, changes the landscape of, of your neighborhood, your community. And, so I I enjoy that part and I'll I'll do I'll do more of it uh in the future and uh, I, you know this this time I think there's there's good opportunities to to pick up um mismarketed assets uh that have a, a secondary outcome as as a development site right and an income producing property that essentially has a, a built-in option as the land play in the future. So those those are the type of, kind of multi-exit strategy uh, properties that I'd look for. Got it. Well, that's awesome. I can definitely relate to that and, and hopefully uh, my listeners can, can relate to that as well, especially if they're active. Um, well, great. So we're going to kind of wind this down a little bit and ask uh, a quick fire round. There's three quick questions. So Number one would be, what would be your, it doesn't have to be a real estate book, but a favorite business or real estate book um, that you've read? The Snowball by Alice Schroeder. 
it's uh, a, a biography of uh, of Warren Buffett and uh, kind of how he's navigated his career. Snowball, kind of interesting. I'm gonna have to pick that one up. And um, it's, it's a lengthy read. I've got got to brace you for, but it it's well worth it. I've uh, I just I just reread it because um, I some of some of the topics are are timely now um, in terms of navigating recessions and adverse business climates. Sure. Yeah, we have the time to do it now. And I think you, I think it's good that you had, um, I was still in school when the last recession happened. So this is really my first exposure, at least in the real estate world. So I'm actually glad I'm going through this now so I can learn from it and apply it to the future and, and we've been in a very good spot. So, so that's great. So I'll definitely have to pick that one up. Um, number two would be, uh, what would, what are some of your hobbies outside of, you know, real estate? Oh, in the summer, uh, you can find me on the lake, wake surfing, and uh, in the winter, up in the mountain skiing. Nice. That's very, very cool. Um, and lastly would be, who would be your number one role model for your business? Uh, I, well, so business, business in general, uh, I, I I have to go with with Warren Buffett. I I just I, I love his long term uh, long term view on on businesses on on assets on on compounding cash flows uh, and hence the book uh, and more closer closer to me the the person who influenced my life um, most in terms of getting started in investing was uh, my great aunt Gladys. Uh, she, she encouraged me to, to open a, a stock account uh, when I turned 18 and, and uh, helped, helped me get that funded. Uh, and she and I uh, compared value line reports over our uh, Thanksgiving meals. And, and it was fun to have someone to talk finance with uh, growing up. That's awesome, um, especially to have that being around like-minded individuals when it happens to be your, your great aunt. So one of your family members, which is great. Um, always a good, always good to have a support system around you. So awesome. Well, that concludes this episode of uh, discovering multifamily. Uh, Preston, how can people find you? Uh, yes. Walls property group, re.com or walls property management.com are, uh, two sites, uh, Preston walls, find me on LinkedIn. Uh, yeah, we'd love to connect. Great. And, and when we uh, release this podcast, uh, link to Preston's LinkedIn website and the other links he mentioned are going to be right in the comment section. So feel free to reach out to Preston or reach out to me if you want to reach out to Preston, either works. So I appreciate you listening and, and until next time, signing off.